First things first, Jake Elliott needs to no longer be the kicker for the Philadelphia Eagles. Listen, I've been saying this for what? Three years now. I mean, ever since 2018, I mean, two years, 2018, I mean, he's been god awful. He is an atrocious kicker. He is a huge problem. He's completely unreliable. He doesn't do anything well as a kicker. I mean, and it's funny, of, of all the things to talk about in this football game, and there is plenty, and I will talk about them, I need to just signal out the number one reason why the Eagles lost. And again, spoiler, we're going to do the five reasons why. And you know what? I will go through it first, and then I'll get back to him. But he is the number one reason why the Eagles lost today because he is just an unclutch, horrible field goal kicker. He sucks at his job. Yes, the Eagles lost. They lost to the Ravens. I mean, it, it was... <laughs> I can't even explain the game. 30-28 to 28 final score. How'd they lose? Um, well, for three quarters, the Ravens were controlling the game with their defense. Their defense was incredible. The Eagles left points on the board. John Hightower on third and 22 to start the game, dropping a ball. Then they finally get some injection of life because it looked like midway through the second quarter. By the way, they had not converted a first down. So the question was, are they going to get a first down at all in this half? Think about that. Finally, Jalen Hurts gets in there. Jalen Hurts makes some electric plays there. He starts injecting some life into this field uh, team. Um, then on a, on, <laughs> I can't even believe we're talking about this. Uh, <laughs> Carson Wentz on a second down play here. He throws an absolutely perfect pass to Miles Sanders in the end zone, and Miles Sanders drops the football. Touchdown, drops it. Eagles end up running the ball then on third and two, and they get a yard, and on fourth and one, what happens? They are stuffed at the line of scrimmage. The quarterback sneak does not work, so guess what happens? They get zero points. Then, shockingly, shockingly, the Eagles get the ball back before the end of the half. Now, this was crazy at the end of that half where... You know, they get in a field goal range or whatever. And how they got in a field goal range was like the crazy thing about this was they got in because uh, Wentz threw a Hail Mary. By the way, they first threw a pass and then it should have been picked and it wasn't picked, which shocked me. Then they ran it with Sanders. He got to the 50. They throw the Hail Mary. Fulgham almost catches it. But the Ravens just plow, plow, plow. Carson Wentz and get a roughing the passer. So we're gifted the opportunity to get the field goal that we were begging to somehow have an opportunity at from 52 yards and Elliott misses it right. Then it was so funny though in the second half when the the, the, uh, Tucker for um, uh, Justin Tucker, Jason Tucker, Justin Tucker for the Ravens kicking it in the same way bangs one from 55 off the same pylon. Then he hit it one from 46 in the same way. And by the way, those kicks went like literally dead straight down the middle. Like you couldn't have hit it more middle than he did. Just showing you the difference what happens when your team has somebody who's actually competent at kicking the ball. But regardless, it was the, one of the ugliest first halves in terms of just, it, this is what I said about Wentz. I, I, I've said, I have no problem. Let him make the other guys make mistakes. All I keep hearing is, oh, God, he's got no help. He's got none of this. He's got none of that. And what I've wanted to see from him was, well, then show me. Let the other guys be the people who screw up. And today, he absolutely had that on his side. It was people screwing up around him. Not that he was to to be forgotten, because remember, too, on the, what was it, the second or third drive when he fumbled the football, he gave them seven points. 
Now, again, he fumbled the football at like the 30-yard line, and they went in for a short touchdown. But it was funny. The defense, of course, could not hold them to anything, anything close to um, a field goal because we don't do that. Anytime we get a turnover or something bad, it's it's a guaranteed touchdown for the other team. So uh, <laughs> this game was – it was – it's a tale of two games in a way, because to be fair, we shouldn't have been in the game. But to be more fair, we should have won the game. So I don't know really know how to go about it. It's 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 killing me in a way. Let's just dive in. Let's do the five reasons why the Eagles lost 30-28 to to, uh, to Baltimore here. Fifth reason, Doug Peterson. And the reason I'm saying him at fifth is because that play call at the goal or uh, on the two-point conversion to tie the game was one of the worst play calls I've ever seen. That's the point. I don't care about the other 58 minutes of the game. I care about what happened in the most crucial play of the game. At the most crucial moment, you called a run-read option. A read option. By the way, you didn't even have your read option quarterback in there. And it's funny because this was the play they ran on their first attempt at a two-pointer when they scored their first touchdown um, of the game, that miracle touchdown that we'll talk about in a little bit. But that was the play they ran, and it went nowhere. And this one went just the same, nowhere. The Ravens were going to blitz. It was clear and obvious. Anybody with a brain knew the Ravens were going to blitz. So by running a read option, you played exactly into what they wanted. All you had to do was do what you did the previous two two two-point conversions. Roll the pocket and have Carson Wentz throw the football. He had earned the right at this point to throw the football to win this football game. But no, they did this. And this is again on Doug Peterson. Another crucial error in a major moment. It's just a continuous, continuous, continuous theme. Fourth reason why. Jim Schwartz. Yes, Jim Schwartz was not fired. Shockingly, he's still the uh, defensive coordinator. And the reason I say this, and people will say, well, come on, man. They actually didn't play as bad as I thought they would against the Ravens. And fair, I guess. But when you watched all game, all game, all the Eagles did was show Lamar Jackson a four-man front. They never showed any sign that we were going to bring a blitz. They never had their linebackers up in filling the A-gaps. They never had a corner just sneaking in. They never presented the idea that they were going to do anything but show their front four, and that's all they did. So here's the thing, like, and people don't get it. When you don't disguise your defense, so you know what Lamar Jackson's doing when he gets to the line? Instead of worrying about, okay, who's coming here? Oh, okay, I don't have to worry about that. Now I can just worry about what defense do I think they're in? What are the wide receivers running? So his his processing of his mind, again, this is a guy who is, a, what, a third-year quarterback. You know, he's not the most accurate thrower of the football. He's a phenomenal athlete. But you know what he's thinking now? I don't have to worry about this part of it. I don't have to worry about them rushing it. They're not going to make my decision-making process be, you know, r- really any different than what it has to be. I could sit here and I could throw the football when I need to on time. That's it. That's the problem. He plays this soft-ass bitch defense. And again, it was soft-ass, passive-ass bitch defense again. And and yes, it, it, was a, it was improved from Pittsburgh. Of course, anything was going to be improved from that. But that's because the players played harder. And Nathan Gary didn't play as much. And you saw some linebackers. But again, it's not even like the linebackers. Again, I'm a singleton guy. But on that Jackson touchdown, the read option he ran where he busted the middle, that was on him. Of course it was. And and it was nice seeing Mills not play outside corner. That helped. But I mean, Lamar Jackson just didn't throw the ball well today. He helped the Eagles a lot. He, he missed some throws. He just didn't make some good throws. And I mean, our secondary played good for what they needed to do. But they're not helped out at all. 
our front four. It's either the front four gets to the quarterback or nothing. And by the way, that also does uh, reflect negatively on that front four. Their stack or sack numbers are, of course, lower. I mean, we're criticizing them, but it's like they're not getting any help. Uh, no other team in the league doesn't blitz. Like, you need to blitz the quarterback here. You need to at least try to attempt. And again, if you're, I'm not saying you have to necessarily blitz every down, but show them that, the, that there, there's some type of confusion. You're trying to disguise the defense in some way, shape, or form, and this guy just refuses to do it. And I can't stomach watching our defense anymore because I can't stomach Jim Schwartz's philosophy. It's so damn outdated. It don't work. It hasn't worked in four years and it won't work. Spoiler ever again. It's over. We're sitting here high-fiving them for a team that scored 30 today. 30. That's what they got. They got to 30. 30. Third reason why. Miles Sanders. Right? We'll go with Miles Sanders because Miles Sanders is a problem. He is a huge problem here. I mean, really, like, he, he drops a touchdown. By the way, on the big run that we scored our first touchdown, he fumbled the ball inside the 10-yard line. Fumbled it. Like, he was getting tackled. Yeah, we scored because Arthega Whiteside, who was downfield, by the way, he gets a lot of slack. I give him a lot of credit on these two long runs that Sanders has had these last two weeks. He has been the lead blocker out there, busting his ass, blocking down the field. I know you don't pick a run-blocking wide receiver in the second round, it's not his fault that this team completely misevaluated him out of the draft, but he busted his ass there and made that play. He also caught a two-point conversion today, and he recovered that fumble in the end zone for a touchdown. So he actually had an impact on this game. But Miles Sanders dropping the touchdown, and then, of course, comes out with an injury. He's unreliable. Every week with Miles Sanders, there's something new with him being hurt, 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 hurt. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it. I need reliable guys. You never see this with Ezekiel Elliott. Really, you just saw it finally happen to Christian McCaffrey. He had to miss some games because of a high ankle sprain, but he was never hurt. And again, I'm not saying people aren't going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt if you play football. It's impossible not to, but it's just like every three or four games, he's hurt. Remember last year in the Giants game, the game we needed to win to get in the playoffs, he got hurt. You know what I mean? I'm just saying it's just, he. it's nonstop where he has to come out of football games, and I don't like that. And again, the GM better learn this quick because we need a solid number two option. He cannot be the guy where he's the running back and you're just leaning on him because he's unreliable. And now it's affecting his play because, I mean, really dropping touchdowns, fumbling the ball. My goodness, man. I had such high expectations for Sanders, and he is violently underachieving those expectations. Violently. It's a problem. Uh, two, second reason why, our offensive line. Holy good God almighty, was it brutal today. And again, I know we all knew it probably was going to be brutal. And, and fair enough. And like I said, in the three keys to winning this game, the offensive line had to somewhat slow them down. Well, uh, they didn't. They didn't slow them down. Carson Wentz got killed today. Killed. It's a miracle he's standing. Honest to God, I'm, I'm more impressed that he's walking right now. One thing about Wentz, I will question his play, his decision making. Absolutely. I will, till I'm dead. But I mean... In regards to him playing the game and how he plays, that dude gives you every single ounce of anything that he has. He will kill himself on the field. And in fact, he is going to get killed because if they have to keep trotting out guys like uh, Toth and Jamon Brown, Jamon Brown played one of the worst games. Like I was shocked at how bad Pryor played last week, and I knew he had to come out, and he was out this week regardless due to the, the COVID-19 reserve list, but... Jamon Brown needs to be out too. He can't play. They picked him up off waivers. You found out why he was cut. He was horrible. Calais Campbell embarrassed that dude. He embarrassed him at all fronts today. But I mean, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, 
where's Sue Alpena? You keep him on this team every year. You, you, you protect him. You activate him. You put him on the roster because you don't want other teams to get him. Well, guess what? Get somebody else on this team instead of Jamon Brown because Jamon Brown can't play right guard. And if it's Jason Peters, you need him back. You definitely need him back because Jamon Brown almost got Carson Wentz's career ended today. He really did. Our line was brutal. It was. It was brutal. Nate Herbig with stupid penalties, pre-snap penalties, things like that. Things you can't do. I mean, it. it, it again... I understand it. You can't have high expectations. There's no way anybody could have been coming into this game going, our offensive line is going to dominate their defensive line. We have four backups playing. Actually, five backups because the third string right guards in. And then it's funny that the third string right tackle who had never played a down of professional football in an actual regular season game had to come in. So six. It's unbelievable the injuries the Eagles continue to get, continue to pile up. Everybody gets hurt, every single person. But our offensive line was atrocious. It is a flat-out miracle Carson Wentz didn't get hurt. And I know people out there, and again, I'm one of them. I've been calling for Jalen Hurts to play, but it's like, Jesus, man, you want to put him in behind that line? He'll die. He'll die too. So it's it, it was, this was brutal. They were horrible, horrible, horrible. And if I'm the Giants playing them next here on Thursday, I mean, really, this is the tape. Just do anything that confuses the front of that line. You will get free rushers and you will kill our quarterback. That's without question. But the number one reason why they lost, and again, he's number one. And again, I know the offensive line probably obviously is the more the bigger reason as to why they lost. But Jake Elliott's a loser. I mean, really, he can't make kicks. He's just not a good football player. He's a terrible field goal kicker. How is he still on this team? How? He's missed three kicks this year from 50 yards. And I know people go, you'll hear the excuse, oh, well, come on, man. You can't be expecting guys to make from 52. No, but I am expecting you to make a couple here and there, right? He sucks. He sucks. I literally have my stomach turn when I see him walk on the field. Everything about him. I I, I like I just I can't stomach watching him kick. I I can't believe he's still the kicker. And by the way, I knew, and everybody listening to this, you had to know. You had to have no single doubt that we were not getting that onside kick because he is atrocious at kicking the ball on sides. I still remember last year in Miami when he kicked the ball to like the other 30 on an onside kick. This time they had to run some, uh, you know, they tried to, to, to trick Baltimore and he's going to run this way but kick it the other way. By the way, any good kicker isn't kicking that ball on the tee. I, I've never seen that. Like, I played football growing up, and I've never seen anybody try to kick an onside kick where they have a teed up. You don't get the bounce you're looking for. Now, again, you could have a different tee, or you could have it leaning against the tee generally. You want to have the ball on the ground because you're trying to generate a hop. This thing wasn't going to hop. They had the easiest recovery of all time, It was, and it was a guarantee. So it makes you wonder, what the hell Dave Fipp is doing there or what the hell Elliot does all week, but he doesn't practice anything because he stinks. He is horrible. He is the worst field goal kicker in the league. I have no questions about that. I don't trust him. I knew for a fact he was missing that 52-yarder to end the half. I knew it. He stinks. He's a horrible kicker. And, and, and again, I know people don't want to say and look and lean on this, but it's like, hey, we lost by two, and I don't care what the circumstances were. I don't care what it all came back to. I don't care about two-pointers. All I know is we lost by two because our kicker missed a kick from 52 yards. That's worth three points. That's the difference in the football game. It is. Tell yourself every story you need to hear, but I'm telling you of an easy story here. Sanders' drop, of course, that, that's a seven-point swing. Now, again, there was a minute left when he dropped it. I'm not sitting here saying that the Ravens weren't going to go down and kick a field goal because Justin Tucker has in the building range. That's clear as day. So, But regardless, at the minimum, probably four points right there with Sanders' drop. And again, Sanders doesn't drop it every week. This is the first time he's dropped a touchdown, but 
Elliott misses kicks every week, and there was three points. And those are the two big uh, plays in this game. And I know Hightower's drop was also a big deal because then the Ravens got the ball in a short field because Cameron Johnson shanked the punt. So they had the ball inside the 50. And guess what happened? They got a seven points right there. So yeah, those three plays, of course, John Hightower wasn't listed on this, but he because he made up for his, what, 50-yard catch later in the game. But he did drop a 50. That, that third and 22 was unbelievable. Now, diving more into this game, what are the problems with this team? Well, one, the GM's horrible. He's horrible. The, the, Howie Roseman has built a roster that I can't even fathom anymore. I can't even stomach to look at it. It's terrible. And, and the decision to keep Jim Schwartz as the defensive coordinator, because nothing's changing. How does Doug Peterson, who coaches offense, watch our defense and go, my God, this isn't the easiest defense to pick apart? And here's the thing. There are players on that defense that are talented. I will, I, I will say that. Darius Slay is really good. Rodney McLeod is good. I mean, really, there, there's guys, Fletcher Cox, Josh Sweat is playing his ass off. Fletcher Cox tried to play as good as he could play. Brandon Grant played his ass off today. Malik Jackson, they have enough talent on that line where if you get them one-on-ones, they could probably do some work, but it would help them once in a while if you had the linebackers in the A-gap just to cause some confusion for the offensive line so maybe they can get some free rushers. Like, you think Josh Sweat would like to have rush the, uh, the passer free once and see what happens? We don't get that, though, because we present nothing. We present this generic, bullshit, base-ass, soft-bitch defense, and then we wonder why everybody gets 30 on us that has anybody type of, any type of competent quarterback playing. 1-4-1. One, and one. Now, Carson Wentz. Like, th- to me, this was Carson Wentz's best game. It's not even questionable. Yeah, the fumble was horrific, but, I mean, really, like, the, the offensive line, th- this one here, I know people tried to say it against Washington, but this time today, this dude got his ass kicked. He got his ass kicked. It was brutal. It was brutal to watch. I mean, I am shocked he did not get hurt. So this whole thing about him being injury prone, it's like, dude, he's injury, like, if he's injury prone uh, I, because he gets nicked and knocked, like, there's a bunch of guys on the Eagles that are injury prone, trust me, that are that, that get little nicked up injuries like Miles Sanders and have to come out, can't play anymore. I got, I can't go back in. I'm, 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 my knee hurts. Well, like, dude, I mean, you see Carson Wentz out there. That guy was every single solitary ounce of his being he left on that field. He tried his damnedest to win the game. That is the one thing I wish that everybody else on this team had was his heart on the field because, I mean, he literally was killing himself to try to win this game. Now, his talent, of course, there's questions there. I mean, yes, he missed some throws. He's going to miss throws. But, I mean, that offense line today really was so brutal. How can you judge anything and say anything negative about Carson Wentz today? Yeah, the fumble was terrible. I agree. That was unacceptable. You cannot do that. He turns the ball over once a game. He's turning into a turnover machine. Can't happen. But, I mean, if you watch that game and you came away from that going, man, Carson Wentz really, like, you know what? He ain't got it. And, again, I've come away from plenty of games this year going, Carson Wentz ain't got it. He's terrible. But today, that was the best he looked. That dude put everything into that game to win it. He tried. Now, if this is the offense line we have, no offense to Carson Wentz unless his name is Clark Kent. He is not surviving the season. He will die and uh, back there getting killed. And the same thing with Jalen Hurts. He won't survive. We'll, we'll go through Nate Sudfeld too. I, it's just that offense line today, the effort, they were horrible. Jamon Brown was one of the worst. That was one of the worst performances I've ever seen from a guard. And I've seen Isaac Ciamalo give up four sacks from the interior position, and this guy tried to do the same. I mean, there was a play in this game where Campbell threw him literally 15 yards, like left. 15 yards, I swear. I mean, I he was like, it was like a, a comedy sketch. He was rolling around like 10 yards out of the play. Yeah, he can't play. I it's 
There's the bright spots. What were the bright spots in this game? Well, the comeback was bright, of course. The team showed heart. Travis Fulgham, that dude's an awesome. He's an, he's unbelievable. That fourth down play where Wentz just threw it up and they caught it in the end zone. It reminded me of the Aguilar play a lot last year against uh, the the Patriots, where Aguilar dropped it in the end zone and Fulgham this time went up and caught it. Ironically, they both wear the same number. But that's what I'm saying. We needed guys like that. We need plays like that. Like Ortega Whiteside last year against the Lions, dropping it. You know, Fulgham makes that catch, but we have a guy like Miles Sanders and John Hightower dropping wide open passes. It's just it's just unacceptable. The Eagles have too many holes at so many crucial spots. Like their offensive line, of course, it's riddled with injuries. And now Jack Driscoll getting hurt today, so who knows what the line is going to be set up for this week. And here's the thing, spoiler, if Jack Driscoll can't play and Lane Johnson can't play, they got to figure out how to get another right tackle on the field. Or what right tackle, any tackle on the field, because they don't have a swing tackle now. Brett Toth was the swing tackle, and he, he might have to start now. Uh, my guess would be that they're going to try to get Lane ready. I thought that the plan would be maybe have Lane miss two games. It looks like the Eagles are trying to go full bore for this Giants game. It's like clearly they, they understood the importance was more on the Giants game than it is this Ravens game, which is true. I mean, it's an out-of-conference game versus a division game. Common sense tells you you have to win the division game. But uh, it's, this was... And yeah, it was it was great effort in that fourth quarter, but I mean, there, 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 there's just too many unbelievably bad players that have to play for the Eagles right now, and it's just hard to overcome. It's hard to overcome. You know, you look at the stats here, and if you said to me today, you know, you're going to keep Lamar Jackson under 200 yards passing, which they did, and he had 100 yards rushing, but Lamar Jackson, like I said, didn't play that well, but Carson Wentz, 213 yards passing. That number, 21 for 40, is about right what it should be because, I mean, he was getting murdered. He had no time to throw. Sanders, nine carries, 118 yards. You look and you go, man, that's a great game. Well, he got 75 on one play, which he fumbled, and then dropped touchdown, so it's not. He also got a cheap-ass 20-some yard run at the end of the first half when the Ravens thought we were probably ch uh, setting up for a Hail Mary, and we ran the ball instead. Fulgham, 6 for 75 and a touchdown. He's a star. Hightower's 1 for 50 because he, he could have had 2 for, you know, 140, but he chose not to. Ertz, 4 for 33, and Ertz got hurt. He had to come out of the game. Again, this was Ertz. And, and by the way, this might have been Ertz's best game. That's how sad it's been for him this season. They're talking about making trades here. Howie Roseman wants to be aggressive, even though he's horrible at his job. Um, my question is, well, what are you going to trade, and who do you trade? And, and if you could trade a player for a player, like, it might be time that we depart from Zach Ertz. It's just he's not adding anything to the offense. Like, he came out and nothing really changed. Richard Rodgers essentially filled his role pretty much the same as he'd been doing it. I, again, I don't know what's happened to him. He does not look anything close to the same player. Now that he might be hurt, I don't know if he could even trade him. Who knows? I'm sure they'll say he'll he'll be probably he'll be a game-time decision to play against the Giants and he'll miss five games. So, if. Clearly, the heart was there, and, and and judging from these two games, by the way, watching the Ravens now and the Steelers, the Steelers were way better than the Ravens, in my opinion. I I, I was more impressed with the Steelers. They're I just like the way that they played football. It looked cleaner. Baltimore, really, I mean, Baltimore was set to be a beat today. They really were trying to lose. They had so many dumb penalties. Um, their quarterback was inaccurate with the football. You know, they did nothing to win this game. And by the way, when the quarterback's inaccurate, that's when you heat him up a little bit and try to force him into throwing the ball off a bad foot. If he's inaccurate throwing it when he's got time, just imagine what could happen when, you know, you get some pressure on him. Then you're trying to commit some turnovers. Again, no turnovers. What do you expect? We don't turn teams over. They turn We turn it over, but they don't turn it over. That's the problem every game. We haven't won the turnover battle in forever. It never it never goes our way. 
It never, ever goes the Eagles' way. Thursday night, I'll be back, obviously, recording Thursday. I'll do a preview for this game probably Tuesday or Wednesday night. Uh, and we'll, we'll get ready for what you know Thursday should be. I mean, it, it's, it's a big game with the Giants, uh, clearly, because jokes on the division. I get it. It's, a, it's atrocious, but it is what it is. There's a playoff spot handed to the team that wins the division at the end of the year. Now, my goal is to win the Super Bowl. Is this team winning the Super Bowl as currently constructed? Absolutely not. No chance in hell. If you can't block anybody, then you can't win anything. I, but yeah, I, if you ask me what I was encouraged with today, I was encouraged with Wentz. I, I, I was very encouraged with his, him in the fu- second half. I mean, that dude, how he's breathing right now. If he play, like, I mean, how is he not hurt? I mean, really, how is he not hurt? He almost got rolled up on a play in the first half when Hurts took off uh, on that read option. But And again, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be a player. I mean, he looks like he could be a good quarterback. He really does. He like he's he's a great athlete, and I know he's more accurate throwing the football than Lamar Jackson was. He was in college, so if he's a good athlete and he could throw the ball accurately, damn right. I mean, now is he a one read quarterback right now? Probably didn't have an off season, and I get it. This wouldn't be the ideal time to ever see him play. But I mean, he, <laughs> trust me, we're going to see him play eventually here. If if Carson Wentz keeps taking the ass kickings he's taken, so I'll be back. Probably more likely Wednesday, just so we can have the injury reports come out, figure out who's playing. We'll go over the Giants game, um, and uh, we'll prepare for what, you know, obviously the Eagles are going to be favored in the game. It's nuts. And by the way, there were fans in the stands, so there was some life in there, but I mean, it was scarce, so you could barely hear anything. But uh, yeah, it'll be a big moment. Big game. Disappointing. Doug Peterson deserves to, to explain what's going on here. And things do need to change. I mean, really, if we don't have people in this building this week kicking, auditioning to be that position, then, then something's going wrong here. I'm so damn tired. They gave this guy an extension last year against the, before the Dolphins game. Remember, he missed a kick in the Dolphins game. He misses a kick in the Giants game. You just knew it. Jake Elliott is a problem. He is a freaking problem. He is a huge problem. And Miles Sanders is a huge problem, too. And we better figure out what we're going to do at running back, too. Because no offense to Boston Scott or Corey Clement, they're not running back to it. ain't working. Jason Huntley's on this team. He's got a paycheck every week. He'll never, ever touch the field. But Casey Tuhill's in Washington because we needed Jason Huntley on the roster. That's that's the GM, by the way. But yeah, if if they ignored that position too because, oh, Sanders is going to be a three-down back. Well, yeah, you got to be able to stay on the field to be a three-down back. And this dude can't stay on the field. Thanks for listening. Uh, maybe next week... We'll actually blitz the the, the the Giants. Maybe we'll actually run a couple blitzes here, and uh, we'll we'll try to confuse him at the line of scrimmage. I mean, I'd put a million dollars on it that they don't, but, you know, we can dream, right? Oh, and before I do sign off here, I just thought of this. I forgot. I want to do mention our Freak and our Geek of the Week. Well, Freak of the Week, we'll split it. Um, going to give it to Carson Wentz and... Uh, Travis Fulgham. I mean, the, the fact that man's still standing is shocking to me. And Fulgham is th- that clutch catch. It was just nice to see. Um, they, they were definitely the two shining spots on this offense. Maybe on this whole team today. It was it was very encouraging. And geek of the week obviously is you know that geek who wears number four who tries to steal a paycheck from the Eagles every week, pretending to be a field goal kicker when he's really not because he absolutely sucks at it. That's the geek of the week, Jake. Elliot, Geek of the Freaking Week. 
Geek, 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 geek Elliot. Don't even call him Jake Elliot. Just call him Geek Elliot. I said I named this award the Carson Wentz Award after the first four weeks. Well, Geek Elliot's coming for it. He is the geek of the week. Geek Elliot for life. Thanks for listening. 